Hey everybody, my name is Alex and this is Lunchbox Radio. Now, before we get to the podcast at hand, first I want to apologize if you hear a little bit of like rumbling in the background. That's because there is a a thunderstorm literally right outside my window and it may or may not shut up. We'll see. But other than that, I want to encourage you to go follow me over on Threads, the new Instagram Twitter clone thing, and I'm over there on Threads at Alex Holt Cohan, all one word. I just got verified, so like you'll see my head on a yellow background with a little blue check mark. But on that note, if you if you haven't listened to the podcast before, welcome. Maybe take a look at, maybe take a listen to some of the other episodes. Not that this one is extremely abnormal, but you can listen to the last episode, which is all about what I'm watching for this season. And basically I cover, I try to do it once a season. I cover three different shows I'm watching in whatever season I do. I repeat that episode format in. But this week we're going to be talking about a little show from, I believe, from pretty, like, recently from when the from when the from when the from from 2023 actually from january 2023 and actually it ended in january 2023 it started in october of 2022 um it would part of the fall season for for 2022 um and that's a little show called gundam witch from mercury Anime considered. Lunchbox Radio. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, before we get into the show proper, I want to do a little primer on Gundam here. And actually, I thought about bringing Alan onto the show, and then I did, I clearly, honestly, couldn't get it together. Um, but I've had I've had my I've had an old friend of mine, an old friend of mine who I have seen in person precisely once, and that was the day, the like moment we met. I think in a coat check line leaving a silent rave in the mid-aughts. Like, we, we've known each other for a long time, but that is a primarily, like, we go back and forth on Instagram all the time. I, he's been on many of the, Gun, of the Gundam adventures that I've been, that I've talked about on this podcast, because he is, he builds Gunpla. That's, like, his, one of his main hobbies, and he's a total, gun, like, Gundam diehard whole thing. So shout out to Alan, but when I usually talk about him with him is pretty stock standard traditional Gundam. 
like like what 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 people in the Gundam universe refer to as UC Gundam or Universal Century Gundam. When you when we when the anime world saw that huge gut like six part Gundam Unicorn release, that was an anniversary release for the Universal Century timeline. That's why it's called Gundam Unicorn, Gundam UC, the whole it all lines up. But that that section of Gundam includes some stuff that you wouldn't think of. Like I've talked about Iron Blooded Orphans on this podcast before and I I love that show to death. But that is considered to be in universe. Like it's considered to be in the Universal Century timeline. It's considered to be far flung in the future of it but it's considered to be in that timeline. Um, and they have references that suggest that maybe it's not, or maybe it is, but you could very easily cons- like place it in the Universal Century timeline if you tried. Now, there are other Gundam shows that exist. Actually, and the big one that lots of people would know is that's what the, what the Gundam fan, fan base refers to as a non-UC Gundam show or I think it's like an alternate reality, it's like an alternate history Gundam show, is G Gundam. And if you've ever seen G Gundam, you know it's insane. It's like, it's unhinged. It's it's wildly awesome. But, and it's, it's very divisive. People love it. People hate it. For all kinds of different reasons. It's also, it, it has an incredible production story behind it that is the reason why it seemed to ramp up the racism with every new robot introduced like they were trying to get themselves canceled and they were tr- they were deeply trying to call it long and short of it is they were deeply trying to call bandai's bluff of any new robot you make will make a toy of and bandai just kept making just kept making gundam toys out of the most insane shit they could come up that's why they made like Zimbabwe's Gundam, a weird zebra thing with a spear that's a nightmare. That's why they made Tequila Gundam. If you ever wonder, like, how, like, what was the thought process? Oh, they knew. And th- their intention was to, like, try and make everybody in the room so uncomfortable that they stopped doing what they were doing. And it just never happened. <laughs> um, which is insane. But, so my point is that this. Universal Century Gundams, and then there's Alternate Universe Gundams. And Alternate Universe Gundams are like, we want to play with this idea, but we don't want to shackle ourselves to all the stuff that UC Gundam has set up and that UC Gundam is currently in conversation with. Now, a great way you can kind of do that, but not but not have to deal with so much of that stuff, is you can do it the way Iron Blood Orphans did it, and you can fling it so far, you can fling the story so far into the future that it's a different, that it's like necessarily a different thing. But oftentimes the solution is to do a non-UC Gundam, an alternate, an alternate, an alternate history Gundam, basically. And that's where you get something like Gundam Witch from Mercury. And the other good thing about non-UC Gundam properties is you don't, they don't ask much of you. And one of the reasons why Iron Blood Orphans, the big Gundam project before you see, before Witch from Mercury, to, to my regulation, that people got really into, was so successful, 
is it never asked anything of the viewer. Like, the viewer didn't have to have seen other stuff before to make sense of it. it and this is also true of Witch from Mercury, although slightly less. It does reward you. Both shows, Iron Blood Orphans and Witch from Mercury, do reward you for having seen Gundam stuff. For having seen other Gundam properties. But it doesn't it doesn't feel as necessary as say like a gun like a Gundam Unicorn. Like if you're watching Gundam Unicorn and you've seen no Gundam before, it's pretty as hell. But you're also like, what the fuck is happening slightly? The other thing that you've the other big actually the other big Gundam thing that is an that is a UC explicitly UC Gundam thing is Gundam Hathaway. And if you've never seen Gundam Hathaway, it's available on Netflix. It is beyond gorgeous. It is worth your time. Do not expect to know what's going on in that thing if you are not brushed up on your Gundam lore because it is so... It's, like, so deep in it. It's so... It's so deep in it. In a way that... Gun... People who've seen lots of Gundam expect, but in a way that people who are new to the idea, do not the idea of Gundam, because Gundam is like one of the original golden age of anime, like classics at this point, but new to watching it, it'll just fly over your head. It will just, like, you'll, it'll lose you pretty quickly. It's also, that film is particularly slow in plotting in a way that lots of Gundam stuff outside of, say, MS-80 War in the Pocket, it's, it's just not. And it's it's good because it's slow in plotting, but it's a very different vibe than, like, getting a robot and punch other robots kind of deal. Now, here's where I want to start to talk about Witch from Mercury, because that's a good primer for the kind of thing you can expect from Witch from Mercury, because it is very much an alternate universe Gundam. And where many other Gundam shows deal with War is bad. Isn't war bad? You like we shouldn't do a war. This show, this show shows you that to the nth degree in a way that is harmful. If that make if that makes any sense, and what I mean here is, you when you upon seeing the world of. Which for the world of which for Mercury, you realize that basically hyper capitalism has hit an all time high and is doing its best to constrain the world, to constrain the humanity from picking fights with each other. And everything is couched in like really high level corporate, like mumbo jumbo and corporate espionage and you know like all that stuff but what's really the most interesting is this show in its main character creates a main character who is not self-confident Soletta Mercury our main character the titular witch from Mercury is not does not have this like go get him attitude of a traditional anime hero. 
she's super self-conscious. She's anxious as fuck. She's like prone to panic attacks. She is so conflict avoidance, it's hilarious at times. But what this show does with with that character and with her interactions with the other with the other characters and the other pieces on the board is it it says hey you don't need to have main character energy in order to be the main character there's a did a great like sense in, in like especially action shows that you have to be this super like go-gettery almost like Ash Ketchum but in a robot kind of main character and most Gundam pilots are this in are that in some way even uh, even um Akasuki even um Akasuki August is for as much as he is kind of a lazy fucking young gangster he eventually the show creates the scenario in which he finds that same main character that same main character giant robot show pilot energy this show doesn't ever do that really so Soleta is allowed to be herself for the entirety of the show. It's not it and all the other characters claim that it's a bad thing, but none of the other characters have the kind of humility that she does and ca- and can accomplish what she accomplishes by the end of the show in the way that she does because they're so headstrong and because they're so anime main character e and the person who probably most embodies that and kind of comes out of herself as the show goes on is the it's a supporting it's the supporting the supporting the lead supporting character miorine rembrandt and in this show so the this show cycles through several different things across its 24 episodes. At first, it's like this... And I, I, what I think is interesting here is it cycles through all those things, but it always seemed to have the last part of it in the back of its head at all times. When you're first introduced to, these, to this show, Soleta is basically going to her first day at this new big like space school that is this private school that is a it functions a as like a generalized high school but b as a proving ground for the future executives and high level employees of all of these companies that run the galaxy so miorime so chief among them actually is miorime rembrandt is um the daughter of the head of the Rembrandt of the head of the Rembrandt group, which is at the t- when you come into this, when you come into this show, is the strongest. It's a like it's a top is at the top of the food chain, and she and 
and the way this show this show proposes and lots of people have called this show gun Gundam Utena because it has the same vibes as Utena and it borrows it borrows one thing from Utena chiefly and that is there is somebody to be won at this school and if you beat the person who currently won that person you get that other per- you get the person who you get a human as a you get basically a human as a trophy and Miorime Rembrandt has been set up to be this trophy wife of of whoever the school's holder and what the holder is is their strongest mobile suit pilot in the school, and basically any any conflict that's big enough is resolved in this school with a with a duel, and the duels are basically mock mobile suit battles. That use non-live ammo, and they they are set up to seem like war, but very much always be safe and always have safeties built into the the challenge. And the show has to do some has to take some steps to get them away from that, to get them out of the like that kind of like playing at war scenario. And once it makes that. Once it makes that take those steps, everything gets a lot real, gets real, real quick. And so it's interesting that you have all these characters who are essentially playing at the kind of one-on-one crazy battle, crazy mech fights that you would associate with being deeply deadly and deeply consequential in any other Gundam show. Even something like, say, even something like G Gundam, those fights are feel like have a lot more consequence to from this minute go than these fights do. And so, Saletta shows up, and the story gets her into a fight with the current holder, a character named Joel, called Guel Jedek. And Guel Jeddak is, like, the holder, and his father is very clearly using Guel as a, as a bargaining piece, because as long as he's engaged to Miorne, they're going to inherit the com- the Rembrandt group, meaning the group that, mean Guel will eventually be the head, basically, space commerce. Like, heavy industry and space commerce. And then Suleta beats him. And doesn't just beat him, but beats him again. And and actually doesn't doesn't lose to him until, like, it needs to happen for the plot and it is, like, a plot point that she loses to him. But the opening of this show is, like, what... Was it, like I said earlier... It's what does it look like to have a main character who is not, who doesn't have the the like main character indestructible confidence, and once again, even a main character who is as odd of a choice as someone like August, like like Akasuki August from Iron Blood Orphans, he still has a confidence and a drive that is very much about the like the path that Tekadin is on. 
that's not really true of Saletta. Saletta has this big list that she's like checking off that is like stuff she wants to do because she thinks that that's what you do if you don't have panic attacks. Like she wants to tell a joke. She wants to make she wants to make a bunch of friends. She wants to tell a joke that all of her makes all of her friends laugh. She wants to like do all this normal high schooler stuff. And it comes off as charming and like sweet and cute as hell. But in the second episode, in the second fight with Goel, the one that's like just a straight like she's been challenged and it's a fight, it's less you see that she does have confidence on some level. You see that even she, if given the right circumstances, is pretty confident, but she not so she doesn't have the self confidence to like say like you shouldn't do this. Like you like she doesn't have the self-confidence required to no-sell something properly, even if she knows she's capable of straight-up just knocking somebody down when they come at her. And that holds for the entire show, for almost the entire show. And what... But what's interesting is for the entire show, you have this character of, um, I believe her name is Petra. I believe... Sledder's mother's name is Petra Mercury. And when they when they first aired, when this show initially aired, they aired like a month in advance of the actual air date of The Witch from Mercury, a short which talks about what Prospera is her, is her name actually, Prospera, um, which talked about Prospera's past and like the deal with her and the light lead up to the universe that you are that you are in when you meet Sleta. And the show eventually kind of goes through it with like Sleta listens to her mother. And her mother seemingly is doing everything in her power to like make Sleta's make Sleta's goals possible. And she's like, but you also see two sides to Sleta's mother. You, from the second she she's on screen, you see her. You see that she is deeply sweet to her daughter, and deeply vicious to everybody else in some real ways. And so, spoiler alert for Witch from Mercury, it is now, finally, you can watch it all dubbed on Crunchyroll. I believe you can also watch it on Netflix, but I'm not sure about that. It was an asterisk next to the Netflix listing on my anime list. But, um, the long and short of it is, is everybody finds out that why Prospera has a reason for this. She, Prospera is like, more than a little unhinged. She is like, she's driving towards a goal that could break the universe. Maybe, so, kind of, sort of. And the show asks Saletta to face her relationship with her mother and realize that it might not be that healthy. That, like, her mother may be, may be using her. And it takes... Saletta a while 
to come to that conclusion, to realize what's happening, to realize why it's happening. And when she verbalizes her, when she ultimately verbalizes the fact that she is not actually her mother's real daughter, she is a genetically engineered, like, person. She is essentially a new, in the Gundam universe, she's essentially a new type kind of thing. Or something like it. She's a genetically engineered person that is a re meant to serve as a replacement for Prosper's real daughter, Ari, who is in the Gundam Ariel, who is like whose consciousness was transferred to this robot. And in this in this version of Gundam, you can't pilot a Gundam without having this kind of immense physical feedback that will just fuck you up. We'll just fuck you up. We'll just it it like gives you a it gives you a disease that eventually you die from. And Gundams are outlawed because they're known for being the machines that kill their pilots. And you and the show basically says like the reason why Soletta can pilot the aerial and not have effects is because the person dealing with all that feedback is in the Gundam itself. It's actually te technically Soleta's older sister, Ari. And everything that Prospera is doing or had done is all to create a, like an opportunity for Ari to live outside of the Gundam's OS. And understandably, all the character, all all the all the people that Soleta knows, including her. Now her at that point very much in in invested fiance is like this is fuck like this is fucked like your mom should not like you you may she may have made you but you are still a person <laughs> you should get the ability to be a person and by the end of the show there is like a come to Jesus moment of like. Prospera is like, I fucked up both my kids, I suck. And you see and you see that like Prospera ends up being like an old grandma that like Soletta like cares for in addition to caring for like children the way she always wanted to. But the So I have a little bit of a habit on the show of talking about things in ways that I don't that I I don't see talked about very often. And one of the reasons why I do that is because anybody could talk about the like awesome fact that there is a canonical same sex very clearly romantic relationship in this show or is as clearly demonstrated as you know Japanese censorship laws will allow it to be. But um Anybody can talk about like like new typeness and like the ethics and all that stuff, but in the same way that when I talked about Yuri on Ice, I talked about it as this kind of great demonstration of what it's like to be an Olympic class athlete and what it's like and the kind of life you live when you are an Olympic class athlete, even a low ranking one. Like the quietly, just to give you a 
taste of it. Quietly, the one of what I enjoyed most about Yuri and I is the fact that like Yuri, the main character, the main character Yuri. There are three Yuris in that show, but the main character Yuri, Yuri Kosky, is traveling all over the world quietly in that show. Like he is in London, he is in other countries. And he's constantly meeting people he's already met before from other countries. And it's this very it's this very small world vibe to the whole to the whole sport of of men's figure skating that is probably very real. And so my point there is that I try and talk about stuff not necessarily from the Angle that is talked about everywhere else because that's already out there. And what I saw here was this exploration of a of a toxic parent-child relationship that was not that was not ever going to be a good thing. Like the the relationship between the relationship between Prospera and Saleta was never going to be good. It was just never going to be good, and that a lot of that is because of the way it all started. Like Saleta was never Prospera's original kid. Prospera's original kid had to be locked in a bubble, basically had to become a bubble kid, and. Saleta existed to be the, like, catalyst that helps figure out how to get that kid out of the bubble. And there's a very, there's a very funny, weird little moment of where it suggests that Aerie is probably a new type and her powers, like, her, her ability to synchronize with Gundam is, that is a result of that. And she eventually transferred from the Gundam into a keychain. She just lives in a little keychain. And everybody's very much like, hey, you get to complain about living situations once we figure out why why you still exist. Miss, little Miss Mousy. And it's this, it's, this, it's this fun touch to this, to this, um, Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Very real sentiment that I think that people are finally starting to identify with now, which is instead of asking for a seat at the table, maybe suggest the table sucks. And what I mean by that is everybody said everybody through the last third through the last half of the show, once you realize what pro. Prospera's plans are and what you realize like what she's after I everybody's like oh your mom's a real dick you should like you should super stop her <laughs> like you should super and like adults are like we need your pilot this Gundam at the risk of your own health to stop your mother 
And she does stop her mother, but she it's not like... This is not a go kill my mom scenario. This is go talk to my mom. Go talk my family off the ledge. And she does do that. And the end of the show is very aware that Soleta, like, this, this conflict-averse, unconfident, panicky young girl went to her family and instead of picking a fight with them the way everybody else said she had to, just de-escalated everything as much as she could. And yes, like, there is some fighting to defend her own point, but the end result is everybody, everybody in the show, everybody who you start this show, starts this show alive, is still alive at the end of the show. I Actually, that's not entirely true. Guel's father dies. But nobody... There's no... And this is actually really satisfying about this show. There's no moment where, like, someone could have just talked to another person and didn't. There are moments where they don't talk to another person for a period of time, and then they do, and that helps resolve things. But there's no... Fuck words, fight me moments. And that's a that's a frustration I always have with all of these shows. It's, it's any action show, really. It's sometimes you should just sit down and, like, have a cup of coffee and, like, a, a donut and just talk to the person on the other side of the table as you, and it will... You'll find a... You'll find a way to, like... To everybody, to everybody resolving the problem. This show deeply supports that. And it's like, hey, we're not going to solve this by blowing everything up. And there's a character, there's a side character who tries to do that. And they're explicitly like, nope, not like, no. Like, we, would, but I'm pretty sure we did this on a public frequency. Were you not listening? We solved the problem. You can turn off the space laser. And he doesn't. So they turn it off for him. And the end of the show is really beautiful about, like, straight up saying, like, there's no, like, we all thought we had to go pick a fight. Saletta knew we didn't have to pick a fight. And that meant that there was a different path forward than we thought there was. And, and... So I talked about this when I talked about, like, my, when I talked about the, on my, on my Sunday edition, when I talked about, like, the reason why the Roni Kenshin thing so unnerved me, um, other than all the, all the allegations of criminal, of, of criminal, all the criminal allegations against its creator, which actually is a great, there's a great poll all about that all over on Anime News Network right now that you can go check out, and I encourage you to, because if you don't know what's happening with the creator of, um, Maroni Tension, you should really, really go take a look at that poll. You'll, your eyes will go, will go wide like dinner plates, I promise, if you have no idea what's happening there. But, the tendency to always want stuff to be what was, even if what was was terrible. <laughs> and what this show really does, 
is doing at its core is it's saying, oh, we don't need that. Like, we don't need it to be, we don't need what was. Like, like what was, was bad. And the, the, the show kind of pains you, kind of goes to a painful degree of like, not if what was before this show bad, but what is now is probably also just as bad. And, uh, and a lot of this show's mission is dismantling the, like, architecture it starts under. And what I mean there is, like, when you start this show, there are all these companies and they are all vying for power. And they are all, this is very clear, all the kind of, this show is very, very much has a vibe of, like, baby boomers using millennials and Gen Zs for the betterment of themselves, meaning the baby boomers are using the the generations under them for their own, for the for the gain of the of them for the baby boomers own purposes and gain. Like in jo in Goel's father, you see a character who did not think of his son as anything more than a bargaining chip for a very long time. It takes him a very long time to come to terms with that. And when he dies the way he does, you understand that, like, he died because he treated his kid like a, like an asset in a business transaction. That's not cool. And you see all these characters who are treated that way, and you see how they react to it. You see Mjornay's reaction to her father treating her like that. You see, uh, uh, what's his face? The, the pale-haired kid. You see, um, you see, you see, you see, you see Alan's reaction to it. And you see the kind of super weird, twisted nature in which the actual Alan, who is not the real person that you see, who everybody else sees at school every day, you see that problem occur constantly in the, the very much as the main plot for a little bit and then the side plots for a lot of it. And you see that all the adults of this world have kind of fucked up the world. They've, fu they've fucked it. They've terminally fucked up the world. Earth is a nightmare. Space is better, but only because it's run by these giant corporations, and the only way you can kind of survive is by linking up with one of them and selling your soul to one of them. Even as a child, children have no autonomy of their own, even when they are old enough to know what they're doing, or even kind of know what they're doing. They can't choose their own destiny in any real way, and... In you, and in comes this kid who, who it seems like her parent is just letting her do what she wants. But what you come to realize is that Suleta's mother, Prospera, is very much kind of gently pushing her daughter, doing the same thing that everybody else is doing, but in a way that seems nicer and kinder and... Let's overtly manipulative to everyone involved. And then you see what she's doing. You realize she's just as bad as everyone else. Even if she has a... But she has a real motive behind it. She has a motive of saving her her actual daughter behind it. And that doesn't make it any better. 
the only thing that makes it better is that she's not doing this for some for some nominal financial gain that doesn't really matter. When they show um Goel's father, I forget the character's name, it uh, doesn't really matter. And he, in many scenes, he's drinking really expensive wine, he's like taking private flights, all the stuff that you that you associate with like one percent wealth. But he's also doing things like saying, Oh, we're gonna have this man killed because he's in the way of my ambitions. You know, Guel better step up and be the holder again so, like, my ambitions can be saved. All of this other, all of this nonsense that doesn't matter. And by the end of the show, what you see is you see all these characters who haven't been, who have, who are in the, who are in the, Positions that their parents set up for them, but they're not their parents. They're much different. You see, and you see this show take characters like Goel Jeddak on these really long and fucked up journeys to to get them out of the mold of I need to be I need to be something my father can be proud of. What they what they. What the show needs to do with a character like him is it needs to tell him basically like you shouldn't be proud like you shouldn't be proud of your father. Your father is a piece of shit. And you can still like he's your dad and you can still love him, but you need to know that what he was doing was not okay and the way he was doing it was not okay. And the fact that your that your company when it could have not ignored the, like, suffering and needs of all of these people um, was instead chasing profit. And maybe the system that the, that the universe has been operating under until now, it's fucked. Maybe it was fucked. And, like, yes, like, by all means, still run a mega corporation, but maybe balance the world in a way where it's not... Where everything isn't po- tinged with poison constantly, where maybe you're running this corporation for the be- for somehow the betterment of mankind and not the enrichment of a few, of a few of its of a few of its citizens. And if you've seen Gundam Hathaway, Gundam Hathaway is starting to get in that direction. <laughs> it's starting like it's the start of Gundam going in that direction more, and. So, the original Gundam was very much a show that was, and the original purpose of Gundam was very much a show that was supposed to be about war bad, like war, like war bad. That that's the goal of of a UC Gundam thing, by and large. What what this what this Gundam's thing very much was was. Maybe corporations bad. Maybe corporate. Maybe the like hyper capitalist corporate centric universe that it's created is bad. That that is being created in order to seemingly avoid conflict is bad. Maybe everybody doesn't need to be a future CEO. Everybody doesn't need to run a company. Maybe. 
Sometimes you just want to start a school. Sometimes you just want to have self-confidence. And that's okay. And it's okay that to be... And there's a place for the nervous kid in class. And maybe the nervous kid in class is nervous because, like, their way of thinking isn't... They know their way of thinking isn't the way everybody's going to think. But that doesn't mean that it's the... It doesn't mean that it's the wrong choice. Very often, the people with the quiet voices are the people who should be listened to. You know, like... In her want to keep her to keep her sister to keep her mother who becomes for a period of time seemingly the villain of the show alive, Soleta says like we shouldn't be killing we like we should we shouldn't be meeting our adversaries with death because that doesn't that will that will start a cycle that doesn't end and um one of the best things about about that show Afro Samurai is it's very much about the cycle of you know tragedy and the cycle of like killing people and creating new villains because the person you killed was connected to other people this show is like no we can end this like no, it, like that's always been a choice why do we keep making this dumbass choice and uh, by the end of the show, they show you that, like, you can have everybody, like, the bad guy, like, all the bad guys who, you know, had some good points don't need to die at the end. The, the running thing with a lot of the Marvel movies since Endgame has been, maybe the bad guys are right. <laughs> like, but maybe the way they go about achieving their goals is wrong, but maybe their points are indeed correct. And the, the truly cruel meta thing with, with the Black Panther movie is in-universe they killed off Killmonger, the bad guy of that thing. But out of universe, the, person, the actor, I forget his name, who plays... Um, who plays Black Panther, dies. Just off-screen from, um, I believe it is, um, colon cancer. And that really kneecaps that thing because then they have to rework it the entire time. When that movie ended, the like vibe of it was, uh, <laughs> so Killmonger was right. And if he was still al And there is... A deep sadness at the fact that he's no longer alive because, like, he he was a check on a system that was fucked. And in this show, keeping Soleta, keeping not just Soleta alive, but keeping all of its principal characters alive, you kept the entire generation of these children of titans who fucked up the universe alive. You've kept them alive with the living memory of. That was real messed up. We need to solve for it. And I'm not saying that, like, it's millennials' responsibility to clean up for our parents and, our, and the people who came before us. Although we will have to, and we are currently. But 
I am saying that like maybe the answer isn't wait till everybody's dead. <laughs> maybe the answer wait till all the people who call it the problems are dead. The answer isn't you need to be a big loud voice. The answer isn't you need to you need to be willing to protest. The answer could be like look for the people who are the quietest. And like let the let them express themselves. Let them let them get a word in edgewise. Listen to some people who you wouldn't listen to normally. Uh, and I'll end it here. I'll, I noticed something when I was using threads, and I know I've been I've been pushing threads because I would appreciate having a lot of followers there. I would just appreciate it. I think it would be cool for me. But and if you think it would be cool for me, you can follow me on threads at Alex Holt Cohan. Now the, re now, the reality of being verified is much closer to what it should have been, which is you can pay for verification, verification as a service monthly. I actually started paying for it today to verify that you are who you say you are. That, like, the person behind this account showed somebody a government-issued ID and said, this is me, lock that shit down. And that worked on Facebook because that worked on Facebook and on Threads differently than Twitter because they yes you you get verified if you're a big public account but you can also pay 14 bucks a month and just for the sound sound mind that like you are the only you on this service and that's really why I did it but the other reason why anybody doesn't part of the other reason why I did it is because of what Twitter created around verification which is. It's a point of clout. If you are verified, you are considered to be important. That's a real fucked up thing. It like what what make what makes and like yes, you can say like she's got tremendous star power and blah blah or it's or it's the president or whatever. But what makes one human being more important than another human being? Intrinsically, nothing. All the things that make one person more substantial and important than another person are things we've grafted onto the world around us. A lot of what millennials and Gen Z is going through and is like trying to process is trying to uncouple those things, trying to imagine a world in which that stuff is not so important. Like it's not so important that you have an anal that your analytical mind can produce the most money for a company. It's not so important that you were born into a good family. It's not so important that you were born a man or you were born white or any of this stuff. Or you were like whatever. And also there's the act of trying to find a good balance there because you can shift all the way to the wrong balance of now women are more important, now all that. That's not the point. The point isn't even really equality, because equality is a lie. The point is equivalency. The point is somebody gets a booster seat when they need a booster seat. The point is that some people can't pull themselves up by their bootstraps. And in the beginning of Witch from Mercury, you see a world in which everybody is very much like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, like live by your own, like live by your own decisions, blah, 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 blah. But by the end of Witch from Mercury, 
you see a group of characters who realize that they're just, like like those decisions weren't made by them. They didn't really have much control. And they're trying to imagine a world where it looked where people are treated much more fairly and in line with what they started with. And you see that in and in, in the end scenes where you see Miorine approaching protesters and honestly like meeting them where they are. You see that in the way Goel Jeddak is very clearly trying to like run his company a little bit differently. You see that in the fact that Prosper is still alive and so is Aerie. Uh, and everybody everybody jumped all over the show because it had very much had got had Utena vibes, had revolutionary girl Utena vibes, but, you know, with Gundam, as well they should. But it did a pretty good job of hiding the ball, I think. Because it's really... It's really about generational change in a lot of ways. It's not about... It's not about the giant robot fights. That's not the point. That was never the point of this show. It's about... What does it look like to move past a bad system? What, and how long did that take? And and the reason why they gave you the, the prologue, the episode zero, is they were showing you the seeds of that bad system being planted. They were showing you the last time when mankind was attempting to move forward and not just keep itself stalled. And the, the, the like, events of which from Mercury are the jumpstart of trying to move forward, of trying to move past the, like, old guard for the first time in a long time. And, and you see in the beginning of the show that, like, humanity's cooking nice and hot. Like, just below the surface, it's all going bad. From the roots up. But no one's acknowledging that. No one at the top can even be touched by that. And a lot of this show is the people at the top being touched in real ways by the kind of reverberating qualities created by the nightmare that is at the bottom. And it's just it the whole the whole show is really interesting. It's worth your time. It's twenty-four episodes. It's all finally dubbed if you were waiting for that. It's also a good, fun, giant robot thing. It's also a good, fun Gundam thing. If that, if you've been, like, if you've been hankering for some Gundam, but you've watched everything else that's out, this is the thing that will give you some Gundam. <laughs> um, it's got a lot of good Gundam tropes, all that other, all that fun jazz. But on that note, if you like the podcast, new episodes of the show come out every New episodes of the show come out every Wednesday morning, Thursday night, and every other Sunday. The Wednesday podcasts are the are a new show that is a that is a automated what I think of as an automated news show. Um, so you can check that out if if you haven't been it. it every Wednesday morning at six thirty, the show releases. Um, and it covers the it covers 
five relevant news stories from the from the world of anime from the week before leading up to that Wednesday. And then this show is the Thursday show and it's more of like what you just heard. And then the Sunday show is more metatextual. It's thinking about big ideas and stuff like that. I got to check and see when the next Sunday show is because fun fact, I'm getting at, I'm recording this on Tuesday because I'm getting I'm having oral surgery done on Wednesday. So, which won't affect the Wednesday show, but will affect next Sunday. So, I might actually skip next Sunday only because I might be in a fair bit of pain, but we'll we'll see how that goes. And on that note, my name has been Alex. This has been Lunchbox Radio. And I will talk to you next time.